Good morning and welcome to this week's public affairs program. I'm Amy Adams and this week, speakers from the Black Nurses of Evansville Association. Good afternoon. Welcome to our noontime Rotary Luncheon. I'm Pete Hillenbrand, and I'm happy to serve as the club's president-elect. President Philip Hooper is unable to attend today. This year's theme for the Rotary is Create Hope in the World. And it is my pleasure to welcome you to the Rotary Club of Evansville, where as Rotarians we try daily to live by the four-way test in all things we think, say, or do, and do. Is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it build goodwill and benefits? Will it be beneficial to all concerned? And now please join me in pledging allegiance to our flag and our country. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, let's get started. A great program in store for us today. And Dean Alaska Lewis will come forward to introduce today's guest. When I was asked to introduce today's speaker, Arlita Payne, RN founder of the Evansville Area Black Nurse Association with over 200 members, just listing her awards, her accolades, and her accomplishments would take our entire time. So we wrote it down, it's on the table. You can Google it, I highly advise it. But instead, I'm going to share the why. And this is the important part. And I ask permission to do this. Miss Arlinda was birthed in a three-room house into a family of nine by her grandma. Because there wasn't a hospital for people of color in Arlington, Kentucky, where her daddy and most of the men worked in the coal mines. There was a hospital in Madisonville where her mama worked, and those jobs predominantly were changing soiled bed sheets and doing bedpans. And as her child, as a child, her one Christmas gift was a play nurse's kit. I had one of those. But that sparked a calling, and it propelled nurse pain to change the very makeup of the medical profession we have today in this city and change she did. Nurse Payne retired after working in all three of our major local hospitals, but continued to enrich our community to this very day by introducing young people to medical job opportunities through EVSC Medical <laughs> Professional Academy as well as the nursing program at Ivy Tech. It is my greatest honor to be able to share with our Rotary members the wonder of Miss Arlene Payne. Oh God, if you embarrass me, <laughs> girl. Thank you guys. I just, thank you so much. I wanna thank Dina for and uh, the Rotary Club for this invitation. I met Dina. We do a fit camp for kids. It's like a summer camp at Memorial Baptist Church. And I worked with her husband, uh, is he here? Dr. Lewis, 
he's at the hospice <laughs> at Wellburn. So when we we met other places, and she said, "I need your girls in my dance studio." And I said, "Well, you know, how much does that cost?" And she said, "Well, we'll work that out." She said, "I think every girl should learn to dance." So she said, "You just get them there." So we used the church bus, a school bus, and during the summer, the girls went to learn dance. After they did that, then she had a, a program at the church with the girls. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, can you see these beautiful babies? Look at them, look at these beauties. That was so special, mm -hmm. and she's still doing it today. God says you are unique, you are special, and Dina says this, you are lovely, you are precious, you are strong, you are chosen, and you're forgiven. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is just a little history of our organization. And we um, started talking about this in 2000. I worked for Indiana Minority Health. We had a Natalie program that we went and found the girls that were pregnant and offered them supplies that they needed, education. It was a little house on Kentucky Avenue, and Linda Wagner White, White Wagner was the director. And that's what started this. I started doing that when Welburn and St. Mary's merged. I hate using that word. <laughs> but anyway, um, this, is, this is us. We do a lot of outreach. We work with every organization in the city. We donate to the shelters. We do everything. During COVID, I was getting my COVID shot out to St. Mary's and they came and said, we need to get shots in the arms in the inner city. So we did a lot of COVID clinics at three of the hospitals. And I would love to have everybody's business card in here, but only if you want me to call you. <laughs> I know people ask why we have a Black Nurses Association. There's a National Black Nurses Association that's been in effect since 1917. There's over 200,000 members in every state, every country, and what they do is they are the ones that do the data and the studies and the surveys and see what's needed for quality health care for African Americans and anybody of color. And they go to Washington to tell the White House, what's needed to improve quality of care. We started 
because we saw a need, especially, uh, and I only got 30 minutes to talk about this. <laughs> I gotta go. Uh, <laughs> every, we don't care what color you are. I, we were working for Hope.com. We did, when we first started, we did first aid for a lot of events. We did the Pride event, um, set up a first aid tent. But there was one guy at uh, Hope.com when they were out there on the highway feeding the homeless. He said, do you just take care of black people? And I said, no, we take care of everybody. So that kind of messed me up. So anyway, we are right now, because there is an American Nurses Association. And even during the Civil War, when the black nurses were wanting to come and help, there was a problem with that. In the armed forces, when, during the World War, there was a problem with that. The only way that they accepted the black nurses to help, because to them, and there's history behind that, it was like they weren't real citizens if they couldn't go help during wartime. So what they did was they went to Eleanor Roosevelt and talked to her and then that got changed. So that's when they integrated just for the nurses, but then they were only able to take care of the black soldiers. But as his, I'm not here to go to 1700 to 2024. <laughs> and I know it's Black History Month, but uh, things have changed, but they need to change a lot more. There's still racism, discrimination, not just for black people, but all people of color. Especially now that we're in war and we have human beings being called immigrants, but we all come from somewhere. So right now our initiative for the Black Nurses of Evansville and Tri-State Advocates Incorporated, how we got incorporated was I was working with the health department and Lynn said, you guys need to be incorporated. And Dr. Spears said, I'm gonna help you with that. So he called his friend, and that friend called another friend, and we went and sat down with Tim Hubert at the law office, and we got incorporated in 1918. So, let's clap. <laughs> but we're probably the poorest nonprofit in Evansville. <laughs> We are. We use everybody's stuff. <laughs> but that's good marketing, because I, I, we set up everywhere. But we are now, our biggest initiative now is that our babies are dying. This is not, this is, our numbers are down for Vandenberg County, but it's the whole state of Indiana, and Sherry's gonna talk about that with the statistics. We don't know the answer, but we're trying to find out why. But we know about the mistrust, about the different races, about what happened way back then. So I think that's our biggest issue. We have to let these girls know, and the families know, that we're just here to help. Because our, these 
we're trying to save a generation. These babies are not living until they're one year old. So Lynn Herr and Sherry Johnson's got to come. Lynn's got to introduce Sherry. If you have any more questions for me, just give me your, your uh, business card and I'll get back with you. <laughs> So, hi, my name is Lynn Herr, and I actually came to the health department about the t same time of 2018. Um, at that time, we knew we had big disparities within our uh, birth outcomes for black mothers and their infants, and actually it, it kind of translates over into uh, child fatality. So it was very important that we put programs in place and had individuals <laughs> that looked like, that culturally came from, and linguistically spoke to our most at-risk mothers that needed the most help. So we are very blessed to have Cherry Johnson join our team in 2022. Um, she joined our Pre to Three team, which actually goes out to visit and provide support to all families uh, within our um, our catch space, which is Vandenberg County, Warwick County, Posey County, and Gibson County. But I will tell you, the disparities lay in Vandenberg County with our minority population. And I'm going to let Cherry explain to you uh, what those demographics kind of look like and why is infant mortality uh, important. And it is important because it really reflects how well we take care of the most vulnerable the women and children in our, in our society. So let's uh, give it up for Cherry Johnson. Uh, good afternoon. I believe it's afternoon. I'm not 100% I'm not sure what time it is anymore. Um, I wanna thank you for having me um, and allowing me to come and share some information with you about infant mortality. It's something that I'm passionate about. It's why I do what I do um, with the Pre to Three program. And so hopefully you'll have some insight into why this is uh, an issue that concerns all of us. Um, I wanna thank Ms. Arlinda Payne and uh, my director, Lynn, for allowing me to have this opportunity to come and share this information with you guys today. Um, I'm a nurse uh, with the Vanderburg County Health Department. Um, I wanted to first, before we get into the presentation, everyone has a handout there, and I just want to call your attention to the bottom of that handout where you see those little babies. Um, and I want to call your attention to that because I just want to take a minute to focus on what each of those pictures represent. You get a lot of information in front of you, and it's easy to kind of overlook that particular um, graphic that you see there, but that's the basis for why I'm here today. Um, each one of those images represents a life. It represents a life that was lost. Um, it represents the, lo the loss of a child before age one. And um, not just the loss of that child, but that child's future. The loss of the hope for what that child would be or who they would become someday. Um, uh, not just for them and their families, but for us as well, because our children are our future. They do help contribute to what this community can be. Um, and so, 
this is why I want to talk about um, infant mortality. Um, but I wanted to call attention to that because as a parent, uh, I'm a parent, I don't know how many parents there are in here, but um, we kind of take for granted sometimes that we're going to be able to see our children grow up. And for these people that you see reflected by that graphic, they did not. Um, so what is infant mortality? Um, infant mortality is the death of an infant prior to their first birthday. And we measure that by taking the number of deaths per in, uh, deaths, infant deaths and per 1,000 live births. And so why, why, why is this information important to you? Um, it's important because infant mortality is really a reflection of how our community is doing. It reflects our social, our political, our economic um, health in our communities. And it is, in fact, the greatest predictor of health in the community. So I want to talk about how we're doing in Indiana and Vandenberg County specifically. And so here you see a graph. Um, the, uh, the infant mortality rates, sorry, the infant mortality rates um, are represented here um, in Indiana. They're divided by race and ethnicity from 2011 to 2021. You see a purple line there that represents the overall infant mortality rate for the state. Um, in 2021, we did see an increase from 6.6 .6 in 2020 to 6.7 in 2020, 2021. Um, as you can see from the green line on the chart, even when infant mortality decreased in the state, the non-Hispanic black infant mortality rate was consistently elevated. It remained elevated throughout this time period. In 2019, we did see a decrease um, for the first time since uh, 2012 in black infant mortality. However, in 2020, we did see that increase to 13.2. Um, and according to the data that you see here, it continued into 2021 at that same rate. And then I wanna look more closely at Vandenberg County specifically. And so, um, on the graph there, and you all have on that form that you have there is a smaller version of this graph. So the line that I'm referring to is going to be a different color. I believe yours is red. Um, but this is representing um, infant mortality from 20, 2017 to 2021. And the purple line that you can see here represents um, infant mortality for Vandenberg County. And the green line represents the black infant mortality for Vandenberg County. So you can see that there was an increase um, in the infant mortality for, for the county as a whole, but also for the black infant mortality rate. And then you can see in 20, from 2019 to 2020, you see this increase, but then in 2020 to 2021, you start to see that come back down. Uh, but the problem is, even though there's a decrease overall, you're still seeing that higher elevation in that black infant mortality rate. Um, and so, I want to talk about, um, on your sheet there, you have some data about, um, it says that Vandenberg County remains the second highest in Indiana for, state, for stable um, black infant mortality rates. Um, and so, let's see, we just, new data is gonna be released um, in 2022. The birth outcomes will be, will be coming out and those are gonna show that we're now third um, we're third highest for infant mortality, so that, that means that we're kind of moving in the right direction. Um, our rate declined to 17.4 from 19.1, um, and this information 
like I said, reflects that we're moving in the right direction, but we still have a lot of work to do. We still remain for the third year in a row in the top three counties for the highest rate of black infant mortality. Um, our rates exceed those of Lake Allen and Marion counties for stable black infant mortality rates. And just to clarify that stable means that there had to be at least 20 deaths. So um, that's kind of to put that into perspective. Um, so what's in our zip code? What do zip codes have to do with infant mortality? It turns out it has a lot to do with it. Um, where a person lives affects lots of aspects of their health. Infant mortality is one of, those, one of those areas. If you take a look at your information sheet, you'll see a chart that reflects the zip codes in Vanderburg County. Um, and I would like to call your attention specifically to the 47713 zip code. Um, from 2017 to 2021, uh, there were 669 births in this zip code and um, 16 infant deaths. Um, and you can see that by the little graphic of those 16 deaths were 13 black infants. So this, this comes out to 42.1 infant deaths of, of black infants per 1,000 live births. And to put that into perspective, you remember I told you just a little earlier that our overall for the county was 17.4 that'll be coming out. So that's substantially higher than what um, we are as a county, just in one zip code. Um, you'll see uh, information about the other zip codes as well, um, but this is really a primary area of concern for us, especially since um, the, the people who live in that zip code are primarily people of color. Um, and so I wanna kind of talk about why, you know, why is this happening? Why are we losing these children? So I'm gonna give you some clinical reasons why. Um, I will tell you that it's multifaceted and the reasons why, um, but I wanna talk about the leading causes of death. Um, and so you see here that Vanderburg County and Indiana both have perinatal risks listed as the number one reason. And so that's things like preterm labor, preterm birth, which means that the child, um, the mother goes into labor or that child is born prior to 37 weeks of gestation. Um, premature rupture of membranes. So that means their water broke before it needed to. Um, and those things are really all related to each other. If you think more closely about that, um, we, we need prenatal care for these moms. Um, uh, the second death in Vanderburg County, the second leading cause of Vanderburg County, however, is suet deaths or sudden unexpected infant deaths. Um, and this just means the death of a child under the age of one due to unknown causes. Um, it is the second leading cause, and these deaths are more related to safe sleep practices. So this would be things like co-sleeping, um, not um, having extra things in the crib with the child, swaddling past uh, two months. These, that's not a comprehensive list, but those are just some examples of things that would, would um, cause a safe sleep death or potentially cause it. Um, the third one is congenital malformations. Um, and that is more common among the white community, um, not to diminish that, but just to put that into perspective for you. And so here we see um, the deaths related to unsafe sleep. And you can see that in 2020, the deaths of black infants doubled, um, more than doubled the, the, uh, the deaths of the um, white infants. 
um, certain factors related to social determinants of health, things like socio, low socioeconomic status, um, unemployment, housing instability, um, this is, and this is in no way comprehensive either of the reasons or the factors that contribute to this, but there are some known associations with those things increasing the risk of sleep-related deaths in our infants. So I, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, what are we doing about this? So um, the program that I work with is called pre to 3 was created in 2018. Purpose of this program is really to address these factors for infant mortality. We want to be able to provide support to the, the families and the communities that um, surround us. So as Lynn mentioned earlier, um, Vandenberg, Ward, Gibson, Posey, um, counties, we go into those counties. We are a home visiting program. Um, as a nurse, we provide education about, you know, postpartum risks. We try to get screenings done. If if those moms are at risk for things like preeclampsia, we want to get them on aspirin therapy. We want to communicate with their doctors and advocate for them. Um, we want to provide education. We do this through um, a, a curriculum that we use um, to talk about parenting support. We want to meet them where they are. So whatever it is that they need help with, whether that be resources, whether that be community support, social support, those protective factors, um, our program helps to provide those things for them. That is all I have for you today. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me. Thanks for joining us for this week's public affairs program from all of us from Midwest Communications in Evansville, Indiana. Have a great week.